Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 205, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. And we were tonight. I mean, my goodness, what a... You know, I had a feeling that we were going to have a really good Super Bowl tonight. And Super Bowl 56, the Los Angeles Rams are Super Bowl champions, 23-20 to over the Cincinnati Bengals. And we're going to dive into all that, the game, the moments, the plays, the players, the legacies, the commercials, the halftime show. We're going to get into all that. But we got to start you off because first things first. And again, I bring this up. I feel like I do this on every weekend, especially because it happened to me on a Saturday night seven months ago. Were you hurt in a car accident this weekend? You're out and about. Everything was going great. And out of the blue, somebody ran a light and smashed into you. And you're like, what the hell just happened? If that's the case, you need to call the attorneys, the green team, Robert Greening at Greening Law, and let them be your fierce legal competitor against the insurance companies. Now, you know, to make that phone call that Matt's talking about, doesn't cost you a thing. Not a nickel, not a penny, not a dime, doesn't cost you anything. But, oh, 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 the reward might be great. And that's because Greening Law is really good at what they do. And if they take you on as a client, then, as Matt will tell you, they ask you questions you don't even know you're supposed to know the answer to. Mm-hmm. They make sure that you've got something. They will tell you straight up, hey, you've got a case. Let's work with you. You're a part of it. Or they may tell you, that nah, doesn't really sound like it. Thing of it is, it's free to find out. The consultation is absolutely free. So what are you waiting for? 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening, Offices, Dallas, Texas. Super Bowl 56, man. You know, we talked about this on the podcast that dropped on Friday, and both of us thought this was going to be a really close game. All six of the games leading into this, and really, because there weren't any great teams, it didn't feel like there was a team in the playoffs this year that was just going to smoke another team. And sure enough, that's what we got tonight. And I thought for the most part, you know, it it was quality play from both teams. They made some plays offensively. Obviously, they made some plays defensively. And for the most part, you know, were there some penalties? Sure, but it wasn't like the Cowboys were playing, so it wasn't horrible. (laughs) Dude, you're so harsh, man. (laughs) I just say, at one point when they go only like two penalties had been called on each team, I was like, my God, can you imagine how nasty this would be if the Cowboys had made it this far? That There would be 12 penalties already on them. 
Well, they weren't. I mean, the other thing is they weren't trying to call shit either. Bro. No, they were letting they, them play, they, which I appreciated. Yeah, they were like, hey, no harm, no foul, no blood, no foul. Uh, up until the last minute and a half or so, but uh, I didn't I didn't have a problem with it, man. You know, I I never blame blame the officials for this or that. I think the game is always decided on the field unless it's like the last play of the game. And so, uh, nah, I th- it was a hell of a game, man. It was, and it went back and forth. You know, it's interesting because early on, when it got because the Rams when they got that second that first touchdown on their second drive, I mean they just went right down the field, and then they scored again. And it was almost going to be 14 to three. And then they had the bobble on the extra point. But the Rams in two drives out of the three that they had, they had six for 50 yards and a touchdown, six for 75 and a touchdown. And at 13 to three, I was like, man, it feels like if Cincinnati doesn't get some points or, or do something here, that the Rams have an opportunity to put this thing away. And sure enough, the, the Bengals go down the field. It's 13 to 10. And, and then obviously we had ourselves a game. But I, I thought for the most part, this wasn't a game where it ever felt like either team didn't have a chance. It was a competitive, really well-executed, played game for the most part. No, it was a game worthy of the Super Bowl, man. It really was. There was a lot of drama. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of uh, a lot of big plays, a lot of plays that could have been made that weren't. A couple of uh, non penalties called, a couple of penalties called. I mean, it had really everything you wanted. It had drama, uh, dude. It's uh, it was a hell, hell, heck of a game. Yeah, and, and you know, you talk about that at the end, and we've talked about this before. But at, before we get to the end, the one penalty, of course, and that's why the one that they that they did call the pass interference, or I guess it was defensive holding on Cooper Cup down there on, on a third and goal from the eight. Yeah, that was a ticky-tacky Bro. call. But I felt like, you know, that's just kind of the football guys making up for a blatantly missed offensive pass interference on Jamar Chase on a touchdown catch. Well, that's uh, T. Higgins, I think. Or T. T Higgins, yeah, I'm sorry. It was T. Higgins, number uh, 85, yeah. It wasn't yeah, Chase. Yeah, but that's... That's why I wasn't bitching about it. Yeah, I wasn't either because I, I thought, man, because when I saw that in real time, I was like, oh, that's, uh, I mean, God, you talk about OPI. And Ramsey got up and he, even he was like, dude, the, the guy grabbed my face mask and basically threw me to the ground. <laughs> and then they kept showing the replays like, how do you not see that? So that's how come at the end when when the Rams got a call that went their way, I was like, come on, Cincinnati. You know, everybody's like, oh, well, the refs and the penalties. Are there. I mean, all of a sudden they want to jump all over this. I was like, come on. I had no problem with that whatsoever. But I will tell you, the Rams and the way that they built this thing, everything was validated tonight. And the reason why they traded Jared Goff and two first-round draft picks for Matt Stafford was because they didn't believe when the Super Bowl was on the line that Jared Goff could go down the field 15 plays, 79 yards, in four minutes and 48 seconds and win a Super Bowl like Matt Stafford did tonight. No, and I, I can't really blame him for that, bro. I mean, nobody thought that uh, Jared Goff would do that. Uh, Stafford had, to me, a classic Stafford game. Yeah. He made some hella throws. Uh, he made a couple of mistakes that turned into interceptions. Uh, he misfired on a couple that, uh, you know, could have eliminated some of the drama. But it's why it's a four-quarter game, and you get you get credit for all your stats, the good ones and the bad ones. And ultimately, I think he threw for 300 yards and uh, or close to 300 yards, three TDs, two mm-hmm. picks, but he's got a Super Bowl ring. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of questions he no longer has to answer. That's very true. And, and he took them right down the field, man. And, and a brilliant play call from McVay on that fourth and one where they did the handoff to Cooper Cup and he ended up picking up seven yards because that could have been the game right there. 
Stafford and Cup just developed something this year. And I will say this, and I think multiple people on Twitter pointed out, I even made a, a, a facetious comment about it. It's amazing when, especially when Odell Beckham Jr. blows out his knee in the first half. And we, I mean, you knew immediately he's done for the game. And you right. know that the Bengals are going to do everything they have to do to make life extremely difficult to get the ball to Cooper Cup. Cooper yes, Cup sir. had eight catches for 92 yards, two touchdowns, had 10 targets. They still found ways to get on that last drive. It was basically Stafford to Cooper Cup down the field, and they just found ways to get that dude the ball. Dude, and, you know, that's what we're all talking about here with the Cowboys, kid. Yeah. You get the ball to your playmakers when it matters most. Uh, Dalton Schultz, really nice tight end. He's not a playmaker as compared to the other guys. Um, you want the ball in the hands of your best players, man. That's why on the fourth and one, where'd he go? Went to Cooper Cup. Yep. He's a receiver. He's their best player. He's a run after the catch guy. He's their best player. He's a make it happen, make a play guy. He's their best player. So what'd you go do? Fourth and one, we can run it through to him or we can throw it to him. Let's just make sure Cooper Cup's got his hands on the ball. You know, and the other thing about this, when you look at it in the Rams and everything that they did, and they were able to make some of the plays there that at the end, the Bengals simply couldn't make. You mentioned this on the podcast on Friday. You said you thought the Bengals would win, but it's going to have to be five or less sacks for Joe Burrow. He tied a Super Bowl record. He was sacked seven times. And their Achilles Hill, and, and the reason why I thought the Rams would, would, and I think I picked the Rams 31-27, I thought the Rams at the end would make a play defensively because that shoddy, crappy offensive line of Cincinnati, and that's exactly what happened. They had a chance on that third and one. Aaron Donald blows up the line and gets the hit. Fourth and one, Aaron Donald goes right through the line, and the best player on the field defensively made a play to win his team a Super Bowl. And the Cincinnati offensive line in the second half, when the Rams made some of those adjustments, they could not stop Burrow from getting popped. No, it was um, – you got to give Raheem Morris a lot of credit, man, because I heard uh, Chris Collinsworth talking about this during the game, which is the left guard, I think, was the was yeah. really the weak spot of the – Weak spot of the offensive line. They kept trying to set things up where they could really attack him. Well, on the final play, the sack to clinch the game or the or the pressure that led to the incomplete pass, where does Aaron Donald line up? He lines up over the left guard. Like, we're going to put the best guy in the NFL over one of the weakest players at his position in the league with the game on the line and see if he can make it happen. And, uh, you know, the other part of that is, man, I was, I was, I was at a sports bar, uh, LBs in Arlington, where me and – Clarence Hill Jr., uh, who you hear on Thursdays on the show, um, he hosts. We, you know, he hosts a show there yeah. with the Cowboys during the season. But I was there watching the game with my dude, and um, you know, the play before the third down, man, that's a classic defensive line stud play where you hold up the guard, you use one arm to control him until you see where the ball is going, then you sling him out of the way and go tackle the ball carrier. He did that on third down. Yeah, he did, and and he was dominant. He and Von Miller, who they traded for a second and a third round pick halfway through the season, both had two sacks. Aaron Donald would have had three because that last play didn't count as a sack because Joe Burrow somehow was able to get rid of the ball. So it didn't technically count as a sack, but if it had, it would have been eight sacks. It would have been a Super Bowl record for most sacks ever allowed in a Super Bowl. Aaron Donald would have had three, but, you know, the Rams... I don't know. It was interesting. This was a really interesting Super Bowl to me 
Because watching the game the whole time, I just kept going, man, this is why this season for the Cowboys pissed me off so much and was such a disappointment. Because watching both these teams play, neither one of these teams jumps out as me as some great all-time team. They just happen to be here. They just happen to win and get in the Super Bowl. But I didn't look at either one of those teams tonight as like some elite-level great of all time. (laughs) Well, that's because they're not, bro. (laughs) I mean, they're just really not. But we've been saying that all yeah. year long that this there is no great team this year, um, and you know it doesn't matter who can survive and, and make it happen to get it done, and the, they were the team that did it, bro. Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, their second Super Bowl championship in their franchise history. They of course won in nineteen ninety nine, and now you know heartbreak for Cincinnati. That is a tough way to lose. Cincinnati has now been in three Super Bowls and has lost all three of them. The city of Cincinnati still without a, a world championship of any kind since 1990. And, you know, it was interesting because as I had said all week leading up to the Super Bowl, I, I didn't care who won. I, I was totally cool with it. I found myself really happy for Matt Stafford, really happy for Andrew Whitworth, who had spent the bulk of his career in Cincinnati, really happy for Aaron Donald, who is, I think, one of the very greatest defensive players in the history of this game. He finally got his ring. And, you know there were there were were reasons to enjoy the Rams winning, just like there would have been reasons to enjoy the Bengals winning, and I, I thought that was kind of cool. No, nah, man, I thought um, you like you, you like to see the the best in the business win, man. Aaron Donald's a great player; he's done nothing not deserving of a win. It, it was great to see him get a ring, uh, you know. And so when you when you see it like that, I mean, if you're a Matt Stafford fan, yeah, I'm not really a Matt Stafford fan. Like I don't dislike him, but I think he gets a little, I think he gets a little bit of a pass for, uh, for playing in Detroit, where he gets not a lot of blame for Detroit not being any good. But it's not like he really elevated him to anything else. That's very uh, true. But you know, and so I, I think he gets a bit of a pass that we don't give other people for for whatever reason. So I'm not a big uh, – I don't dislike him, but I, I don't sit there and root for him. Um, but, you know, whatever. He got his ring done. So, you know, now he, he moves up to a different level of quarterback because at the biggest game, at the biggest time, he, he figured out a way to make it happen. Yeah, he did. And, and it'll be really interesting with this Rams team to see what they're able to bring back as far as going at it for a second time and as Stafford tries to increase his legacy – and, and see what he can wind up with. Uh, Andrew Whitworth is done. They'll be looking for a new left tackle. I mean, he made it basically pretty clear that he's going to retire. He's going to walk away from the game. I kind of wonder if this is it for Von Miller. Von Miller has been doing this for a long-ass time, and his second Super Bowl championship, you wonder, for a guy who had already won one in Denver and was so synonymous with Denver, I think he's played 150 games. He's been in the league. He was a rookie in 2011. You know, is that a guy who wants to continue doing it after 11 years? And then the big news that I think if I, I think it was Rodney Harrison who had the report that he had been told by Aaron Donald that there's a really good chance that if they win the Super Bowl, that Aaron Donald would retire. And everybody was shocked by that because Aaron Donald's only been in the league for eight years. He's 30 years old. But if Aaron Donald retired, even with just eight years, he is a first ballot walk right off the field and into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you would think so. I mean, I'm not going to doubt Rodney Harrison. It just seems odd that, and this is how these things go. Um, it would, it's just odd that Rodney Harrison is the only one who got that because yeah. as soon as that, and what I mean is, as soon as that report comes out, then okay, Aaron Donald's at the game can't get him, but everybody yeah. would be caught. All the in this, 
all the, what do we call them, NFL insiders, Adam Schefter, Chris Mortensen, yeah. Jay Glazer, all those guys would be calling his agent. They'd be, you know, and and the story would, would seem like it would pop somewhere else. Now, the game has been over for, you know, a couple of hours, so maybe I'm sure somebody asked him after the game about that. And uh, now we'll see. Yeah, we will. And, and you know, again, this is a dude who is, I believe, a seven-time All-Pro he has, in his career of eight seasons, the fewest sacks he's ever had in a year is eight. Six out of his eight years, he has 11 or more sacks. Of course, he had the 20 and a half sacks a few years ago. A three-time defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year when he came into the league, and now a Super Bowl champion. And, you know, I was thinking about that. If, if Aaron Donald and Von Miller decide to hang it up, you've got Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger that all five years from now will be eligible for the Hall of Fame. And that's when Woo. some guys who you're like, oh, that's, that's surely they're getting yeah. in. That's when that's a year where they don't get in. Yeah, that, because all those guys are are gonna get in immediately as soon as they're eligible. I was I, I would imagine, but you know it'll be interesting because every team loses a little bit, and and you wonder, you know, with Odell Beckham Jr. how that works out with Los Angeles, and I, I would expect that a torn ACL will be announced for him at some point. And, terrible yeah and then he's got to re he has to decide do I want to go and rehab this and go through all this again you know he's already done that once and and you kind of wonder for a guy like that what happens with his career as somebody who again is going to be 20 or 39 years old excuse me 30 years old he's 29 years old now he'll be 30 right. next season you know do you want to go through that again and you've already put together this career you finally get a Super Bowl championship so it's going to be really interesting to see what the Rams are able to bring back, especially if Miller and Aaron Donald decide to retire. That would be colossal losses for them on the defensive side. I imagine he will want to come back, man. Um, I just imagine he will because uh, I think he's found a nice spot with the Rams. I think uh, the injury actually means they can they can afford him a little bit now. His price will be down just a little bit. Uh, but they, you know, they did it one way, and it'll be interesting to see not only who they bring back, but how if they continue this approach where draft picks don't matter, we uh, we we sacrifice those, you know, to get star players and bring them in and, and see if we can win another title. Because it's all based on the fact that this whole window of opportunity no longer exists. It's go win yeah. it now. And they did. They got it done. The flip side of this is the Cincinnati Bengals who. I mean, it is obvious, much like it was obvious to us last year that the Cowboys need to invest in trying to do as much defensively as they could. They did. They got to do something with that offensive line. I mean, they have got to do whatever it takes to put together a line because if they don't – hell, I, I thought – I don't know if you saw the replay when Burrow went down. Burrow got rolled up on, and his foot got twisted up underneath, and it's like, oh, my God, I hope they just didn't pop his knee on his other one. And this dude, you can't get hit like this. He was, including the playoffs, he was sacked 70 times this year. Well, I think the the thing of it is, and I don't think I'm breaking any news here, it's when you get hit that many in a, in a you're getting sacked situation, every time you do that, it's an opportunity to get hurt. You know, so, and that's the issue. And so even if there's a, you know, one or 2% chance you get hurt every time you get sacked, well, hell, you just got 70 lottery tickets in there. And, you know, most people uh, have about 40, and you certainly don't want that many. And the best quarterbacks have like 20, 25, because uh, they just understand either I got to get rid of the ball or I got to throw it away, but I don't want to be getting hit just because every time it happens, I'm susceptible 
to uh, to injury. Yeah, and so they they have got to invest, and I would imagine they will. You know, they'll be picking obviously very late in the first round. But what if I if I'm the Bengals, man, I, I might be spending my first two or three picks on whatever best offensive linemen are on my board because you got to fix that problem for them. And the other thing is, and this is interesting because. I saw a lot of people after the game was over, you know, great for Stafford. He, he's been putting it in. Burrow will be back. You know, we'll see Joey B here again. And I just thought it's interesting how easy people want to throw that out there because I imagine, <laughs> like, I guess, and I think I put this out on Twitter. I was like, oh, yeah, a lot of people saying Burrow will be back just like Dan Marino, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, wait, you yeah. mean those guys who only ever played in one Super Bowl? <laughs> Dude, it's hard to get there. Everything has to happen right for mm-hmm. you. Everything's got to fall right for you. Um, and even then, it might not work. So, yeah, it was a missed opportunity just because they got there and they had a chance to win it. And uh, I don't know, dude. I'm, I, what I really wanted was for them not to call that penalty on uh, Wilson, who was phenomenal tonight, yeah. and make it fourth, and, fourth, and fourth down for a championship. Yeah, it would have been nice, but they did call it. And I, I thought it was touchy, and especially the way they've been letting guys play, that maybe you don't call that one. But they decided yeah. to call it in that moment. You know, the penalties that were called after that I thought were blatant. I, I thought you had to call yeah. the ones that were in the end zone. That That's really the one where everybody had a problem. But I, I, I don't know. It, again, it felt to me like the football gods were just making up for the the T. Higgins, I'm going to throw you down by the face mask play and, and so you missed that one you got a touchdown they called that one they got a touchdown and reality of it is I, if Cincinnati had an offensive line worth the crap you Joe Burrow had a minute and 25 seconds and two timeouts to get his team in just field goal position and his offensive line couldn't give him time for that to happen uh dude that's the bottom line bro and so Cooper Cup <laughs> Super Bowl MVP the Rams they are Super Bowl champions, and, and we'll see how it turns out as time progresses in the offseason. As we've said, it's so hard. It, it's hard to get here. The fact that the Rams did it with an almost completely different team than what they did just three or four years ago, whenever that was in Super Bowl 53, you know, Sean McVay, the youngest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl. Did you see somebody? I read somewhere that there's a rumor Sean McVay may retire. And go into broadcasting. And I was like, Where, why are all these things happening today that people are just like, oh, yeah, this guy might leave and this guy might quit? Dude, I, I mean, it's the Super Bowl. There's a million reporters out there. There's a million people trying to make a name for themselves. And uh, these types of things can happen. Well, I tell you this. The Rams may be excited and they may be looking for a new vehicle. And if they are, they should go to Blue Star Motor Group. Just like you should. You should go to bluestarmotorgroup.com. You should give Deb a call if you are looking to buy or sell a vehicle. It's really easy to do, guys. And again, I think the key with us has been trying to help you understand you need to involve them in the process. 817-881-4066. You can shoot her a text. You can give her a call. Just include them in the process and let them know what you're looking for so that they can go about trying to find you the deal that you need. Well, I think the thing about it is, man, with Deb and Mike, man, it's about a win-win situation. They want everybody to win when the final deal is done. And uh, that's not always the case with car dealers, but it is the case with them. And whether you're buying a car or selling a car, if you, if you call Deb, she can make a deal happen. She can. It's very easy to make it. It's bluestarmotorgroup.com. Superior quality, Carfax certified, uh, pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. Again, 
Easy to get a hold of her, 817-881-4066. And look, if you're looking to sell your car and it's in good condition and it's a car that somebody else would probably want to drive one day, not your wrecked piece of crap sitting on your lawn, but an actual decent car, they'll be able to offer you a lot more cash for your car than a dealership because of their low overhead. So check them out at bluestarmotorgroup.com. Also, of course, have you had your bruise built on yet? If you haven't, I would suggest you get on that, man. Bruisebiltong.com, B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. It's like beef jerky, but it isn't. It's actually called biltong is what you call the meat. It's a traditional South African air-dried meat. You know, I think Jacques and I have been talking about this long enough now. You guys know we love it. It's really tasty. I think it's more tender and savory than your traditional beef jerky, and there's zero sugar, no artificial ingredients. It's fantastic. Dude, that's why I rock with it, man. It's, uh, you know, y'all know I like to work out. Y'all know I try to keep uh, keep my weight under control, which hadn't always been the case. But two-ounce bag, man, 240 calories, 30 grams of protein. That's like a protein shake, bro. Mm. Um, you know, no fats, no sugars, no additives. It's perfect for me. I live it in the middle of the day, man. And uh, I can't tell y'all, it's the perfect snack. It is, and it's easy to get at bruisebiltong.com. Just use that promo code JAM15, J-A-M-15, at checkout, and you get 15% off your order at bruisebiltong.com. So Super Bowl, it feels like everybody absolutely just loved the halftime show this year. What what did you make of it? I got to say it rocked, bro. I thought it was terrific. Um I did. Uh, I I don't even have. I can't say anything other than it was good. Uh, I like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg coming out doing their thing. Man, it's kind of like a throwback. Yeah. Uh, to back in the day. Uh, I'm a I'm an Eminem fan, so I liked it. I didn't know Fifty Cent was gonna be there. I'm a Fifty Cent fan. Yeah, I had not. Um, like when he first came out, I was like, my God, Fifty Cent has put on some weight. <laughs> like, I mean, keep in mind when he was a thing, he used to be shredded. Yeah, shredded. I mean, he is living a little bit of that good life now. A little bit, man. And he was, like, singing upside down at first. And I, I think everybody liked In the Club. I mean, that was such a popular song when it came out. It's got a great beat. You know, so that right. was cool. And, and, you know, Eminem, Lose Yourself is a song that I listen to. I probably, I won't say every time I work out, but probably 90% of the time I work out, that's on my workout playlist. So I actually know that song pretty well and enjoy that. But... Yeah, I, I thought the whole presentation of it was pretty badass. It, it really seemed to work really, really well. No, I thought it was terrific, man. It was, uh, it was great. And so, to me, it was... Uh, now, I got to be honest with y'all. Typically, typically, unless I'm at the game, and even then it's 50-50, I don't really pay attention to the halftime show. Yeah. You know, because uh, a lot of times, you know, I just, you know, for whatever reason, I just don't pay attention to it. Uh, this time, uh, however, because... Uh, I like some hip hop, not all, but as I was telling my son, see how you can make some rap with there's more than about bitches and hoes. See how you can do that? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's possible, son. <laughs> it is, man. To, to which he looked at me and just started laughing. <laughs> and, so, and I'm sure at that point he's like, dang, this is the day I realized my old man is old. Uh, you know, but uh, nah, man, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was a really well done presentation. I didn't catch all of it, but. Like, I'll just flat out, I think I've heard the name Kendrick Lamar before, but I'm completely unfamiliar with him, which probably doesn't shock anybody. But so when he came on, I didn't realize that's who it was and I didn't know what they were doing. So I went and was fixing some food in the kitchen. But 
outside of that, I mean, I, I pretty much watched it all, watched and enjoyed it all. I, I thought it was uh, kind of a cool way to do it. I will say it's always interesting to me when they do a show, and this is the way it's started to get now where, you know, it used to be it would be like the Rolling Stones or it would be like one or two people would collab together. Now it's like five or six people come out. And so you only get like, um, like even Eminem on Lose Yourself, he only sang like one verse of it or whatever. And then you got to move on to the next thing. And sometimes I wish that they would just pick like three people and let them go a little bit longer rather than have five or six people who are going really quick. Now, I would uh, I would co-sign on that. I wouldn't be opposed to that, man. Um, no, not at all. But, uh, you know, I, I take what I can get because, you know, it's uh, – I don't know that they're going – you know, it, it, when you got it like this, I was just going to say it's it's hard to, to do the whole song anyway because the song's three minutes, three yeah. and a half yep. or whatever it is. So I get it. Uh, but, you know, we always want more. Yeah, man. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it'll be interesting, but uh, immediate reaction, a lot of people putting that up there, and and I guess, I don't know, I'm I'm not, and I know I've talked about this before, like, I'm kind of like you, I don't really ever pay a lot of attention to the Super Bowl halftime show, and a lot of people will pick out whatever halftime show that they think is the greatest of all time, and people are putting this up there pretty high as one of the best of all time, and you know, it's always interesting who they select for the Super Bowl, but I thought that the overall presentation of this one is pretty solid here tonight. And then, of course, you have your Super Bowl commercials, which some people watch the game for Super Bowl commercials. And I will tell you this. I thought one of the most brilliant commercials we've ever seen aired tonight. And really? th- that was the commercial with the kick-ass, like, 80s synthesizer music playing and the little QR code just bouncing around your screen for a minute. Missed that one. Can't say that I saw that one. Man, that, that one happened in the first quarter. I saw that, and I was like, oh, my God. This is one of the most brilliant advertisements I've ever seen. I guarantee you. Now, I put this is where social media gets so ridiculous. I just tweeted out. I go, what a brilliant commercial. All Like, every person on the planet is now scanning that QR code to find out what it is. And immediately, like, 10 people go, I didn't. I didn't do it. Like, obviously, not all 7.5 billion people on Earth did it. <laughs> moron like god i know i was like i'm being facetious people calm down but i did scan it because at first i was like what the hell is this and we looked at each other and we were like oh my like wow this is incredible I was like okay let's find out and i scanned it and it was for a company called coinbase which is like you can trade bitcoin and crypto and and i mean you can do stocks and stuff on there as well but it's a legit app and their whole thing was so many people scan that off the, the super bowl commercial their app crashed that seems like it was a very successful commercial. Yeah, and I scanned it, and I went, and I signed up for it because I got $15 in Bitcoin, so I now own Bitcoin. <laughs> because they, that was their whole thing was if you scan this, which they didn't tell you, like the commercial is just this QR code bouncing around the screen like an old-school Pong game, and you scan right. it, and you go there, and if you signed up in the first 45 minutes, you got $15 of free Bitcoin from them. Damn, ain't nothing wrong with that, bro. Yeah, so I was like, why not? I probably, I'll own some Bitcoin and see what happens. I don't really know much about any of that, but I thought that that was really good. The very first commercial of the of the game, like once the game started, the very first commercial was, I thought, really powerful. And, you know, Toyota's been killing it with these. Com- Remember last year they did the one with the, the Russian girl who was born with no legs and nobody wanted to adopt her and she became a Paralympic champion? 
You know, this year they did kind of the same thing. It was the brothers, those two brothers that were cross-country skiers. And one of them has an eye condition where he went blind and he would just, he could barely see enough to follow his brother and listen to his voice. And they are like 10-time Paralympic cross-country skiing medalists. And it was like their story. That was, and I thought that was a really powerful commercial. Let me see. I I think I missed that one. Uh, And here's the reason why I missed it. Because uh, I told you I was I was watching the game at this uh, restaurant, and so during the game I watched it, and then Clarence was behind me, and a few other people I knew were behind me. So what did I do during all the commercials, bro? It'd I be, got up and went. And t- I yeah. got up and went and talked. Yeah, I was gonna say it'd be, it'd be hard in that setting to really absorb the commercials. Yeah, I just literally saw a few of them, a handful, but the one I did like. And this, you probably laughed at. I like this one. Of all the ones you, of all the ones you saw, which is the one you think I liked? That made me actually laugh and go, "This is stupid, but it's funny to me." The little babies? No, that's a good guess though. Yeah, the little babies was okay. I remember that one a little bit. You know, I I, I, I laughed at uh, the Uber Eats one because I don't know how many people picked up on this. They were showing people being delivered items that weren't food, but they ate it because it said Uber Eats on the bag. And Gwyneth Paltrow was delivered one of her own candles, and she has a candle called This Smells Like My Vagina. And she <laughs> took a bite out of it, and she and that, I, I died laughing because you could quickly just read it on the side of the candle, and then she looks at it, and she takes a bite of it, and she goes, hmm, not bad. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. So what was the one that you liked? Uh, Dude, the, the one where the dude gets a Pringle can stuck on. Dude, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that one too. I was like, "Oh my dude. god!" Because everybody's had that moment. If you get the Pringles can and you're like, "Oh no, my hand's stuck in this," and I thought that was. And what was funny was not the fact that he got it stuck. It was like that his whole life, and everywhere dude. he went, he had a Pringles can on his hand. Dude, in the delivery room, and the. F- the final ticket was when he was in the casket. I, know, there. I was just like, this yeah. is stupid, but this is funny. That's pretty funny. And then like somebody at his funeral goes and gets his hand stuck in there. And I was like, man, I thought that, yeah, that one was really, really good too. I liked the Jim Carrey one where he re, he brought back his character, the cable guy, but I was a Jim Carrey fan and, and always loved those movies that he was in. And I enjoyed that one. I thought for the most part, they were really solid Super Bowl commercials this year. I mean, even the Colin Jost and Scarlett Johansson Amazon commercial was really cleverly done where it was like the whole idea that your smart device can read your mind and that they were going around and, you know, Alexa would come on and say stuff at inappropriate moments around them. And that was pretty well done. <laughs> I love inappropriateness at, at all levels. Yeah, because I don't know if you if you could hear it, but that was the one they were sitting there and he was watching her in a movie making out with another guy and he goes, come on. When you're doing one of these scenes with some super hot guy, I mean, is it is it really just acting or, or do you kind of like it? She goes, no, of course I don't like it. And then Alexa comes on and plays the song, tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. And that was pretty funny. <laughs> but there I were like some good that. ones, man. Some very good ones. And so I thought overall, I got to say, I mean, overall, just the game, the halftime show and, and the, the commercials, this is a pretty so, damn solid Super Bowl experience today. No, nah, nothing wrong with it at all, man. It was uh, from the game was the, the game has always got to be the thing. So when the game is good, everything else falls in line, man. So the game was fantastic. Uh, the commercials were good. The halftime show was good. And uh, I had a good time hanging out with my dude who's uh, 18. And 
I don't know how many more we'll hang out together because he'll be trying to hang out with his boys or his girl or, you know, whoever. Yeah, that's true, man. And, and you know, it's interesting. And I don't know, maybe I think this every year, but I swear it feels like every year this thing becomes more and more and more of a spectacle. Like, I, I felt like the lead up to this game was as on that spectacle level with The Rock doing his whole intro and stomping around and doing, you know, like he's about to introduce a WWE match. It, it just seemed like they had upped it a level this year as far as we know 200 million people or whatever it is are watching this and, and making it America's day almost. It was, I don't know, it really felt like it was bigger than the game this year, maybe more than it ever has been. Now, see, here's, uh, here's the deal. I can't stand any of that stuff. <laughs> it's a lot, man. It's a it's, lot. And so, dude, we timed it perfectly this year. Well, sometimes I'm at home or whatever, so it's, it's not it. But we timed it perfectly, man. We literally walked in as they were kicking off. And I go, perfect. Nice. Because I, I literally, like, I haven't watched a Super Bowl pregame show in probably 30 years. It's too much, man. And uh, the spectacle, I don't really get down with it. I get it. I understand it. But I don't get down with it, so I try to stay as far away from the spectacle as uh, always. Well, I'll be honest with you. There have been times in my life where I, I used to be – I did this for the Super Bowl, and I used to do this with, for the draft, where there are years in my life where I'm the, I watched every single pick of the NFL draft when it was all on one day. I mean, I would watch the entire day. And, and there have been years past where I would wake up and at 11 a.m. I would turn on the Super Bowl pregame show and I would watch six hours of Super Bowl pregame. I no longer do that and I did not do that today, but I did go through about four or five episodes of Yellowstone for my Super Bowl pregame. <laughs> and I was like, man. And at one point I told her, I said, hey, instead of watching the Super Bowl, what if we just keep watching Yellowstone? And she looked at me and was like, I'm kidding, obviously. God. <laughs> like, I wouldn't do that. But I thought it'd be really interesting. I just turned it over, I guess, at 5 o'clock. And they, they ended up kicking at 5.35. And so that 35 minutes from when they actually went to Al and Chris Collinsworth in the booth, like from that point on, how drawn out everything is, I just forget the true spectacle and how this is so different than any other type of football game that exists. Oh, now this is true, man. I mean, that's why, you know, Troy has said it best uh, in the past, and I'm paraphrasing. He's like, oh, now, you know, don't, don't get – everybody says it's just another game. No, he goes, Super Bowl's not just another game. You feel it. You feel the intensity. You feel yeah. the billions of eyeballs on you. And uh, it's there, and it takes you a minute to settle down and get into the game. And that's, I think, why over the years we've seen so many games turn into blowouts because you can't settle down before the game gets turned into blowout. Yeah, and, and – this the last couple I was trying to think the last few Super Bowls, as I recall, for the most part. Well, no, last year, Tampa Bay thumped the crap out of Kansas City. I forgot about that. It was like 34 to nine. And that was just shocking because of how easily they handled Pat Mahomes. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, you know, it's nice to have a Super Bowl like this. And all in all, like I said, I think it was just a really great Super Bowl night. And we'll see if the Cowboys make it next year, how it'll feel. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Um because that shit is funny, dog, considering they've been to the championship game 26 I know. years. But, I, hey, I'm, I'm don't kidding. let me be a wet blanket. No, I, uh, I don't buy it. Uh, because, and I say this in all honesty, it's because, um, you know, that dude again, Michael Parsons, yeah. 
sends out a photo on Twitter at the end of the game that says uh, manifestation or something like that, uh, yeah. see you next year. And he's trying to figure out what it feels like and all that stuff so he can, he can go next year. And, you know, I don't think it's happening, but I can respect the dude who's all in trying to make it happen. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting NFL offseason. And again, seeing some of the names that have walked away, like Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger, very curious to see what Aaron Rodgers decides to do. I mean, think about Aaron Rodgers might retire. You may have Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger retiring in the same offseason. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to. Yeah, I think he's just messing with the Packers. But uh, who the hell knows what he's going to do? And then this whole thing with Russell Wilson, and you know, apparently there is a, a good chance that he may try to force his way out of Seattle and that Tampa would be in on either one of those if there's a way that they could pick up one of those guys to come and kind of take Brady's shoes and take that role over. So NFL offseason is always fascinating, and it, it will be no different this year. And it's it just, I don't know, man. It would be really cool. I was trying to imagine what it would be like to see the Cowboys in a game like this again because I forgot what it feels like, and it's been so long, and it sucks that it has been so long. But it'd be, I, just, I just was sitting there. I was like, man, what if we were getting ready to watch the Cowboys? Like, how would I be nervous? Would I be excited? Like, what would I feel like? I don't uh, even know. Uh, your heart would be in your stomach. You know? Be so nervous. Be going crazy, like ready for it, and, you know, screaming at the TV probably. I mean, so, yeah, I get it. And, and that's why for Bengals fans, it's, I mean, they know. They hadn't been here since 1988. And, and to get that close to it again, and you're that close, and it's hard, man. It's hard to win in the NFL. So, we'll see. But I'll tell you one thing that is not hard to win with, and that's Freeway Tire Shop. That's why you take all your cars there. And if you haven't taken your car to JR yet, everybody needs an oil change. At the, at the minimum, you need an oil change, tire rotation, state inspection, stuff like that. Sometimes you got to go and you got to get new tires. Sometimes something else happens to your car. You don't know what the hell it is. And you don't know where you're supposed to take it to where they're going to be upfront and honest with you about the whole thing. That's why we work with Freeway Tire Shop because that is the shop that will do those things for you. Dude, I, I, I take my cars to JR. Because first and foremost, I trust the dude, man. You know, he uh, he learned about customer service uh, when he was an employee and manager at Home Depot. And he brought it from there over to his own business, man. But I trust him to f diagnose the issue with my car, man. I trust him to use quality parts to fix the car, which not everybody does. Then I, I trust him to charge me a fair price, man. And then finally, man, I trust him to stand behind his work. JR does that consistently, man, time and time and time again. And that's why I can't tell you enough good things about him and uh, why I ride with him. That's exactly right. Take your cars to JR at Freeway Tire Shop. He'll take care of you. Let him know you heard about him on the Jam Session podcast. You can schedule your appointment. You can request a quote. Everything available for you online at FreewayTireShop.com. Also, of course, have you made the call yet to Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America? And again, I know sometimes the hardest part can be you're going to pick up the phone and you're going to talk about saving and your financial future with somebody, and that can be very difficult to do. But Hector works with people like that all the time. And as he tells you, I mean, really the thing of it is, is just making that call, having the foresight to, to, to just admit, you know what, I need some help with my finances. I could probably do this a little better or this, and I don't know where to start. You start by calling Hector it's a non-fee-based organization, Modern Woodmen of America. It doesn't cost anything to meet with them. He'll help you out, and it doesn't cost you anything. Dude, 
What he does best, really, is put a plan together for you. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether you want to be conservative, aggressive, uh, somewhere in the middle. Um, he puts a plan together, and then all you got to do, bro, is follow the plan. And it's that simple. The plan? Yeah, I was going to say it ain't complicated, man. It's that simple. But you got to call him. And, and, and I think, you know, that's really the first step. Call them, have a conversation with them. I think you'll enjoy the chat with them. It's 940-453-3490. Again, that's 940-453-3490. Give Hector a call. Let him work with you and help you and your family plan for your financial future. It's Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. So we basically, we, we've said it all and we've done it all except for you know, the way they do this NFL thing now, they, and we kind of talked about this with Chill, DeMarcus Ware does not get into the Hall of Fame. Sounded like Chill had talked to somebody, maybe even Rick Goslin, who knows, who was in the room and knew that that wasn't going to happen. I thought it was an interesting Hall of Fame class. It felt like a make good Hall of Fame class, like a, a way to look at it and say, okay, we kind of know who's coming up in the next couple of years. And so we can get these guys like DeMarcus Ware in, but we got to get these other dudes in because they've been kind of waiting for a while. Oh, that's how, that's the absolute feel that they had to it, man. And, you know, it's the Hall of Fame, man. And so uh, we've we've seen by now how it works. It uh, doesn't really, you know, as my mom used to say, man, it don't seem so long once it's over. And so for DeMarcus Ware, well, he's got to wait a year or two, maybe yeah. three or whatever. Once you get in, it won't seem like it's so long. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because I, maybe he will get in next year. Who knows? But next year, the first-time eligibles, Dwight Freeney will be eligible. Joe Thomas, the longtime left tackle. James Harrison, the linebacker. And then Darrell Revis, Revis Island. He's going to be eligible next year. So, you know. That's three or four right there, brother. Feels like it, but we'll see how they massage this and how they, they move some of these things around. You know, the other thing, obviously, is that Micah Parsons, of course, wrapped up NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, there, it, there was a gap. He was second for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Like, for the whole thing, he finished second behind T.J. Watt. Yeah, I think, uh, now, there's a big gap there. but a I huge think gap, TJ, yeah. I think T.J. Watt was, was clearly the guy. But, dude, I can't wait to wait to see Micah Parsons do his second year because uh, everything he says tells you he's committed to excellence. And uh, let's see what happens if he can put another – uh, terrific year together. Were you surprised at all that Joe Burrow beat out Dak for comeback player of the year? Nah, because Dak played. I was gonna say Dak played like shit the second half of the year, but I I won't go that I won't go that far because that's not I don't think that's fair. I'd say Dak was average yeah. the last ten games of the year, and uh, Joe Burrow was was really good. And so, you know, man, you you can look at the team wins, or you can look at stats, or you can actually look at the games and be like, yeah, Joe Burrow played. Plus, I don't think there was expectations for Joe Burrow to take his team to yeah, the yeah, uh, AFC North Championship. So, I, I had no problem with Joe Burrow winning. Um, I, you could have made a case for me for Nick Bosa winning it with 15, 16 yeah, sacks after, after, you know, missing most of uh, the year before. So, three terrific candidates. And I didn't have any problem with Joe Burrow taking it at all. Man, it's always weird when the season that we get so hyped for and I remember all the way back, I mean, the Cowboys played in the very first game of the year, all the way back in September on that Thursday nighter and getting pumped for that. And all of a sudden you go through the season, the ups and the downs, the heartbreak and the real disappointment from a few weeks back when the Cowboys season ended in the playoffs. And, and here we are, Super Bowl Sunday, and it's over. And many of you will be listening to this on Valentine's Day. 
and there is no football. And I saw somebody go, there is football coming up on April 16th, the USFL. Come on. Stop, 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 stop. And I live in the city where it's all going to be happening. And I'll probably go to a game just for the hell of it. But it, it, college and NFL is where it's at. And there's nothing like it. And there's always that weird, what do we do now with our weekends? <laughs> you know, that it kind of opens up and you go through these next few months. And you do it all again when you get ready for training camp, when the season rolls back around and that first Thursday night game that'll be in Los Angeles that the Rams will host next Thursday or next August or September, whenever the hell that happens. But uh, it's always fun, man. I love the NFL season. I love it. And now we turn our attentions to spring. We wonder, is there even going to be baseball? What are are the Mavs going to do in basketball? And it's, it's that weird moving forward without football that has become such an American I feel like just we're, we're so entrenched in football in this country now but there'll still be enough football for you yeah because we'll yeah. do the, we'll have the draft machine the Cowboys will be making all sorts of noise uh we'll go over the roster we'll do all all the things that you expect from us as it relates to the Cowboys as we figure out what the hell can they do to uh, get in one of these two big games uh next year yeah, that's true, man. And, and and we'll keep doing everything that we do the way that we've been doing it and having some fun and talking about a, a variety of different things, of course. But it's it's just always interesting. Cowboys, by the way, have that 24th pick in the first round, in case anybody was wondering. But Valentine's Day, big deal. You got anything that you're going to be doing exciting for Valentine's Day? Nah, man, you know, at my age, uh, you know, every day you're up above ground. You try to treat the people you love with. Yeah, some love. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, that that's kind of where I've always been with it, and I've got a little bit of a plan. So we'll see how it goes, but I can't really say much about it until after it happens. But you know, looking forward to that. And then this is always th- this is generally one of my favorite weeks of the year, just because you it's know, a birthday, baby. It is my birthday. My birthday is on Tuesday. I'm excited about that. Uh, my grandfather was born on Valentine's Day. I mean, he passed away about 11 years ago, but I always think of him around Valentine's Day because that being his birthday and, and there's always good memories with him. And, and it's, been, it's been one of the great weeks, I think, usually. My birthday's on Tuesday, as I mentioned, and then Thursday, I'm taking off Thursday and Friday, and we are headed to Asheville, North Carolina, which I might have mentioned, but... Asheville has more breweries than pretty much every other city in America per capita. And so a lot of big time breweries there where we're staying in a place where we can walk to, I think, like walk to without having to get an Uber or anything, eight different breweries. Damn. (laughs) We'll we'll look forward to hearing about some of your beer tales when you get back. Uh, You did make me you did remind me, though. It's not so much about me, man. I one of the things one of the greatest gifts I think I've given my dude is I've taught him already that you ain't got to spend money on Valentine's Day, you know, big money buying this or that. Yeah, I go. I go, dude, what you got to do. And he's become really good at it now. It's like you figure out what your girl likes and you buy all that little stuff for her and put it. It's the presentation that matters, man. Mm-hmm. I said, you find out that her favorite candy, her favorite chip, her favorite cookie or whatever, her favorite scent, whatever, bro. You put it in your own gift basket that you bought, man, and present it to her. It might cost you 30 or 40 bucks to do it, but 
oh my, the reward is every bit as great as if you spent $150 because it shows that you you really know her and you're in tune with her. And if you could do that, man, uh, as you get older, you know, all the rewards of being that kind of sensitive guy uh, will become yours. You don't need to sample any of those awards right now, but, you know, down the road, it's all good. Yeah, and I've become, even for things like Valentine's Day, but he, I'm just so much more into kind of experiences at this point. You know, and that, yeah. that was something, man, it, it might have been the Ewan McGregor commercial that ran here in the Super Bowl tonight that was an Expedia.com commercial where he talked about, you know, you're not going to remember when it's all said and done that you had the smartest smartphone or your TV was bigger than somebody. Or whatever. Like he's pointing out all these material things. And then he opens a door and it's like this gorgeous beach. He goes, but you will remember the experiences that you had along the way or something like that. And I, right. I was like, you know, that's so true. And that's that's one of the reasons why, you know, I kind of use my birthday as an excuse. Like, hey, let's do a little birthday trip and and get out. And, and I'm, I don't remember the last time I purposely took a full week of work off. But I, I'm a big fan of like, I'm going to leave Thursday morning and I'll take Thursday, Friday off. And I have found that a lot of places you can get to, you know, doing three nights and four days, in whatever random city is usually enough time to really experience it. And if you kind of break that up and you do that a few times out of the year, for me, I feel like I'm getting a lot of little experiences rather than, well, I'm going to take my two weeks of vacation and that's that's kind of all I get all year. True that, true that, true that. I got no, uh, I would agree with that 100%. Like, I don't know what it is about that, but even just having a three-day work week, you know, because I'll do this now and then I think – in March, we're going back to Dallas, and we'll probably do something like in May, may even go to Chicago. One of the guys at the station is getting married in Colorado in June, and he invited everybody. I was like, well, maybe we'll go to that instead and then just do like an, a, an extended weekend someplace like an hour and a half north of Denver in, in, in June. That, But then I thought, I was like, well, somebody's got to be at the station, I think, right? We can't all go. <laughs> Like, you can't have everybody leave Alabama and go to this dude's wedding in, in Colorado somewhere random in the middle of the summer, but who knows? I was going to say, in the middle of the summer, you, you might actually could do that. Yeah. Everybody's got clean feed these days. You do it, and you take your mics with you if you need to and do it from a spare bedroom somewhere. That's true, man. As long as somebody is actually at the station that can kind of hang for a bit and handle all that, then, yeah, you kind of get that. And so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to that next week, but it won't affect the podcast. We're still going to drop an episode on Friday because we'll be able to record it Thursday before I get out of town. And then I may end up taking podcast equipment with me just in case on Sunday because I don't know how Sunday is going to play out. We'll have to figure that out. But, you know, we got all that still coming up. I wanted to bring this up just real quick while we've got a little bit of time here. And this is going to be, you know, generally on Sundays, the podcast tends to be a little bit shorter, as many of you have probably picked up on by now. Just because especially now, I mean, we're recording this at 11 o'clock at night and I got some stuff I need to knock out tonight and get in bed and get ready for the week. But we try to, especially when these games go late, it just kind of lays out that way. But wanted to bring this up because we talked about this on Thursday. The, the, I guess it was a Friday podcast when the, the NBA trade deadline happened and the Mavs traded KP. Right. Right, yeah, I, whenever that was last week, and we talked about that, and then, did you see, I thought this was awesome. Now, they ended up losing to the Lakers over the weekend, or the Clippers, rather, but they played the Clippers, and they had this weird two-game back-to-back set against the Clippers. They beat them last Thursday night. Yeah, it was that night, because I think that was a trade night. That was the night that Luka went absolutely bonkers, 
and ended up putting up 51-9-6 and six in his first ever career 50-point game. And I forget what it was. I think he had 28 in the first quarter, and he had seven three-pointers that he made on the night and hit, I believe, almost all of those, if not all of them, in the first quarter when he just went insane, which I thought was pretty <laughs> awesome. Dude, he's, uh, I mean, he's back to finding his rhythm, man. He's finding his spots. He's playing good. He's kind of, he's probably in better shape than he was early in the year, and it's all coming together for him. It couldn't happen at a better time. Uh, I mean, heck, he had 23 in the fourth quarter of their loss to the Clippers the other night. Uh, now, that's not good because you lost to the Clippers, uh, who are five games under 500. But, you know, the fact that he's he's putting these explosive quarters and halves together shows yeah. you why he's one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, man. I mean, he, he did 51 Thursday night. Then they turn around Saturday night, played the Clippers again. He put up 45. So he had 45 and 51 and 45 back-to-back nights. Saturday night, he had, 50, he had 45, 15 rebounds and eight assists. I mean, he's just been playing on a different level now, and I believe the plan is that their next game, you will see Spencer Dinwiddie finally make his debut, and that'll be on Tuesday night when they start what they have coming up. They got a five-game road trip that they start on Tuesday night. They do not play in Dallas again until March. Wow. They, they, they've, they've been at the crib for a minute now. They yeah. didn't take uh, – I mean, they did all right, but they're 10 games, nine games over 500 now. So, you know, uh, you got the break coming up, and then it's, it's time to go make it happen. Yeah, they had a six-game homestand. Now they have a five-game road trip. They go to Miami, then they go to New Orleans. And, and like you're talking about, technically that's with the all-star break kind of mixed in there. And then they go to Utah and Golden State and Los Angeles when they come back at the start of the second half at the Mavs we'll see. I'm very curious to see what this trade does and how it shakes out because they are nine games over 500. They're 33 and 24. They are the fifth seed currently in a very stacked West kind of right there, two games back of Utah and two games ahead of Denver out there in the West. So we'll see how it turns out. But I just, man, Luca last couple of nights is he's just been on a level where he's been on a Luca level. I mean, 40, 51 and 45. Just insane, man. The dude is insane. Fantastic. He is. Yeah, he is. All right, so that basically wraps it up, and we'll be back. We'll drop another one. We'll have Todd Archer. We'll be on the Wednesday podcast. We'll get his thoughts on Super Bowl 56 and as we kind of navigate the Cowboys offseason, and we'll have Clarence Hill Jr. later in the week as we drop on Friday as well. But please support our sponsors. Appreciate all you guys being a part of this one, and we will talk to you in a couple of days. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.